Welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of the 9 Five Killers Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Graham. Today's guest is an amazing father and businessman. After losing a job right when his son was born, a close friend encouraged my guest to use his backyard as an event space and even became the first paying customer. The event was a success and more people started booking the space. The event space rental Casa de Noel was born. Since that day, my guest now rents both of its beautiful backyards for corporate parties, engagements, and various other events. He recently acquired a commercial space in Brooklyn to expand his growing business. Allow me to introduce my cousin and good friend, Mr. Noel Smith, to 95 Killers Podcast. Thank you for having me. Good to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I mean, this is I made it. (laughs) You made it. You made it. (laughs) So I want to start out. Tell me about your family a little bit. Now, just in case you guys are wondering, me and Noel are cousins. Brothers and sisters, I have have three other brothers, one sister, you know, um, one of my brothers is deceased. Other other two are alive. We're, we're all we're all amazing in our own right. You know, it's a beautiful dynamic because we all come from the the, the same. Well, decision for my sister, but we all come from the same mother and father. Yet we we all have different paths and and different goals. And, and one thing we do share in common is we have the same energy. Yeah, you know that, and that right there is a, is a family thing. You know, when I say family, I don't just talk about my immediate family. I'm talking about like cousins and uncles. We all share the same energy, which comes from our, our background where we say pura vida, which is full of life. You know, being Costa Rican, you know, it's a it's it's a beautiful thing. We we're, we just love life, partying, and 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 getting things done. No, I love it, and I tell you, I want to talk to you about where you get your drive from. So I'm gonna tell you something your mother told me. She said okay. it off record. So she didn't say it on my podcast, but she said it off record. And she said, um, I was talking to your mother about how she's one of the hardest working people I know. And she said, no, I'm not. Really? Noel is one of the hardest people she's ever met. She said, you're one of the hardest working people she's ever met. And I said, really? I said, more than you? She said, yes. She said, I worry about him. He works. He works so much. And it doesn't seem like he takes a break. And she was worried. And I was like, really? And I said, where do you think he got that from? She said, I imagine it's from us, but it's I never seen anybody work that hard. This is this is this is facts. Your mother told me that. Wow. I, I you know, and I was so surprised because I wasn't expecting her to say that. Uh-huh. And and she thought about it and she was thinking and she was like, Noel, <laughs> just like that. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So I want to ask you, where did she get that impression of? And do you see that? Do you see yourself as that? And 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 where did you get it from? Man, you kind of uh, made me feel a little emotional about that right there. Because uh, for those who don't know, my mother owned a beauty salon. She had two beauty salons growing up. And myself, as well as my brothers, worked in the beauty salon doing hair. Not only did we do hair, we were 
maintenance. We was a beautician. We was the, the, the finance directors. We were managers. We was everything. And um, I never really had a, a childhood, per se, because I was always in the salon. You know, it was a very successful salon as well. Let me add that. With that, it, it, you know, I was at the salon from 8 in the morning, sometimes to 2 in the morning. That would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and still going to school. My work ethic was drilled into me from a very young age. It's almost just natural, and it feels like the right thing to do to work hard. But as I became an adult, I started to realize that working hard is not not the way to go. And someone would say, well, why would you say that working hard is not the way to go? It's because I realized I was working hard for my parents, which was in return working hard for myself. And sometimes when we hear that perception of work work hard, we're working hard for other entities, other companies. And it, it took me to be an adult to look back at what my upbringing and say, now nah, I got to work harder for myself. But to spin back to what you said, it's funny my mother say that because she's the one that, that taught me that. <laughs> And and it means a lot to me because it means that her hard work didn't didn't go in vain. You know, I really do feel emotional about that. You know, I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) I thought you knew it. I kind of feel that you probably didn't know that because she kind of just said that. And we were like breaking down and she said that to me. And I was like, wow, that's deep. And, And you said you look at it now and you think that maybe you might have got the wrong idea that working so hard might be difficult, might not be the right thing. Now you have two children. How will you teach them differently or will you do the same? I now start training my kids' mindset. Well, my daughter's six, my son is two. So my daughter, I have three properties on, on the same block. So what I do is I walk with my daughter and I bring my daughter and my son with me as I'm working so they can see. Because a part of my upbringing was seeing a lot more than I understood what was going on. I, I was I was seeing it and I was around it. I could touch it. I bring my kids around to so they could see what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. So they could see a great example. They were a great role model. Not only just being a parent, also being a role model. So I have conversations with my daughter and I said, baby, you know, which one of these houses do you want? You know, and she say, you know, daddy, you know, I want, I, I want the two family. Funny story. She said, I want the two family. And I said, why, why would you want the two family? She's like, oh, so me and my brother could live together. <sighs> Took me back. I said, wow, this is great. But yeah, I really try my best to teach my kids the work ethic. And so they could understand the business of, of owning properties. And, and 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 if they don't take that route, they'll just understand business. If my kids was to choose the route that I I've chosen, I'll be happy. But I wouldn't force, I wouldn't force them to take the same route. I wouldn't force them to go to college, or I wouldn't force them. I'll say, you do what your heart wants you to do, as long as it could provide for you and your family. Mm. And it's within reason. So if they, my kids, there's, there's money set for them. 
to go to college and or create a business. So I open up those avenues for my for my children. No, I love that. And something that um I recently did with Nine Five Killers is I opened it up. Um, before it was exclusively people that killed their day job and they didn't work for anybody. But you've worked for people and you still work for people, but you Correct. but you have your own business. Mm -hmm. So I wanna we talked during breakfast <laughs> about how you're here with us today. You wanna make an announcement on Nine Five Killers? <laughs> well, I, I wanna announce Nine to Five Killers. I officially uh, resigned from a job that I had for the past two years. It was, it, it was a great feeling. I'll give you a quick rundown. I worked, I worked at this hospital doing special procedures and I had a family emergency that I had to tend to while I was on the way to work. And the, the manager took me off the schedule the following week I was supposed to work. And I found it to be quite odd that I don't know where I'm off the schedule. So I called her and I'm like, I said, you know, I find it kind of ironic that I'm off the schedule because I had an emergency and then the following week I'm, I'm off. She said, well, you know, I did that because I wanted to have a conversation with you regarding, you know, your, 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 your calling out. You know, there's a pattern here. I said, it's not a pattern. You know, I did what you asked me to do. You asked me to call the sick line as well as follow up with a text message to my supervisor, which I did that. Long story short, I felt like it was a petty move because if I was solely, uh, solely, uh, oh man, I'm stuttering. This dependent. <laughs> you know, look, every time I talk about this story, I get so emotional about it because, man, it's so important to have your own. If I was dependent on this job to provide for my family, that week you took me off the schedule, I wouldn't be able to do that because you wanted to be petty. So I followed up with resigning. You know, it took me to experience that slap in the face to realize I don't need this job. Mm -hmm. This job needs me. But what was the, you told me something earlier of, of how did she come to that understanding you was up? She said it was a pattern. And, and, and if you don't mind going into it, I know it's <laughs> something, but I think it's important so people get an understanding that it wasn't something frivolous. What, what was she talking about when she said that you had a pattern? What was her pattern referencing? So I, I had to call out for three weeks because my, my father died. Mm -hmm. I put my job and my businesses before family a lot. It's a major sacrifice that I take and at times I regret. And uh, when she spoke on me calling out three weeks with a pattern, she said, you call out three weeks with a pattern in January, I immediately got upset. And I said, well, are you aware that my father died? And she said, no. I said, well, how could you not know? I texted the supervisor. She said, I'm, I'm unaware of my condolences. But the damage was already done. Because my father's the strongest man that I know, and I looked up to him a lot, and I still do. Even though he's not here in the physical, I still look up to him. And he would have never accepted that. So I felt that I shouldn't have accepted neither. And also, my father put me in a position, both mentally, physically, and financially, that I don't have to deal with that. So that was the major reason why I resigned. You know, I, I just, I just cannot, 
allow a corporation or any other outside entity of other than my own to dictate to me how I'm going to feed and provide for my family. That was a no-no. I, I wasn't raised like that. Right. No, I love it. And and it's funny because when I hear you say that, right, what 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 made you come to the realization um, that that this was um, going to be the end of the road? Because this is the first time this happened with this company or is this, this a pattern with them that they've um, didn't communicate with you properly? There was definitely a pattern with them. They they would they would listen to the other technologists versus having a conversation with me. And like I said, I come from the mindset of business, so I understand business from the large scale to the small scale. So I understood what was going on, but it's not up to me to manage. I'm not a manager. I'm an employee. So I didn't feel necessary to, to correct them. I allowed them to correct themselves. And uh, the pattern, it, it, I just... You ever heard that saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything? Yeah. I stand for myself and what I believe in. Love it. Love it, man. Because I want to get into something else. So a lot of things that people don't know about you is also you have a, a thriving business, uh, event planning. So yeah. how did you get into that business? <laughs> um, I I have a feeling I know, but I don't know. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your story. How How, how I got started with like doing like events was growing up, you know, me being born on Christmas, there was always a party for my birthday. And I used to watch my mother as well as the aunts and some cousins set up for the parties. And I used to enjoy it like, wow, this is, this is actually more, it's like a pre-party, you know, the family is such a great family. It's so jubilant and such, so much energy and different characters. Yeah, I, I, I like this. I just grew up around it. So, and from uh, one of my uncles, my uncle Noel, having a club and always being at the club, I, I just felt like it was natural. Um, how I even got into the event, having the event space was uh, me getting fired from one of my jobs. <laughs> I got fired from one of my jobs and uh, it was, it was a very scary time because I just acquired a house. I had my son on the way and I was scared. I said, wow, I could lose everything right now. You know, one of my tenants moved out too. Like my back was against the wall. It was on the wall. And one of my, one of my friends to me, one of my friends came to me and was like, listen, I got a, I found an event space and you, you, you the right guy to, to run it, to push it. And I said, you know what? Let's do it. You know, cause I was already doing events from outside of my house. <laughs> you know, I was doing, <laughs> yeah, I used to do Freaky Fridays. And that was a great thing. And uh, I said, let's do it. So that, that's how that started. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's funny because when I look back at a lot of my success, there's always a story that's negative alongside it. Like every time something negative or I would perceive to be negative happens in my life, there's a success story that goes right along with it. Like I almost look for like, oh man, man, some shit, something happens to me negative. I know something great is going to come out of it. And it's just, I, I'm not the type of person to allow a negative situation to re remain as that. 
Yeah. Hey, do you think that that has um? What is that about your mindset? Like, where did you get that from? That mindset of like something negative happens instead of just focusing on a negative, you find a positive. Like, where did you get that from? Again, I get I, I get that from my mom, my dad, uncles and aunts. They all majority of them all had businesses, and I was always around. Like, so my father had a construction company, so you it, it fit in. Like, I was always alongside my dad, helping him along with my brothers. So I was always around and I would hear stories or, you know, hear conversations like, wow, man, that's crazy. How you bounce back from that? And just coming from a victorious, hearing victorious situations and conversations, I just, I'm, I'm too powerful. My circle around me is too powerful. For me to fail and fall will have to be, something that I want to do you know my mindset is not like that and my circle won't allow it Mm -hmm. no I like that and and something that your mother told me she mentioned that um, in her business that some relatives had came she got them from Costa Rica and they and they set up shop other places what was that what was that like she told me she didn't tell me much but she told me that she took them back and were you you were around at that time of course how did you feel about that about um about that whole situation? I remember that day. Walk us through it while we weren't there. <laughs> Tell us about it. So my mother my mother had a had a very large salon. I think we had we had about 15, 20 chairs in there. 15, 20 chairs. It was a Saturday. We opened a shop. Customers are waiting, no workers. About five of those workers were family, and uh, they didn't come to work. You know, it was a day that I realized that there's no loyalty in business. Everything is just business. Whether you have family or friends or whatever have you, so they all quit. All 20? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was just me, my mom, and one lady named Trina. God bless the dead. Trina. Me, my mom's and Trina. And we're calling them no answer. So my mother said, all right. You know, Noel, just um, just wash. Wash all the girls' hair. Wash. Pull the weaves out. You know, I, that day I was roller setting. I was roller setting here. <laughs> you know, it's... It, it, for me, for others, it may seem weird, but I, this is what this is what I knew. Like I did this, I was doing hair since I was thirteen. No, I'm laughing that you that you guys. So you guys, your mother started just taking the customers. Just started taking the customers. Everybody's gonna get done one by one. They waited. They waited. Majority of them waited, and who didn't wait came back later on. Mother said, "Come back in three hours. These this this group will be done." How old were you around that time? I was about eighteen. I was about 18. Wow. Yeah, I was about 18. It's a powerful lesson, man. Yeah. So it taught you that you said that there was no loyalty. There's no loyalty in business. In business. Um, would you still say that now? You feel that way still? I, imp- I improvised that statement. Okay. How'd you improvise it? There's no loyalty amongst your coworkers in business. Your loyalty comes from your customers. Right. 
but you have to provide a great service to get that. Give, give me a little bit more of that. Like when you say like there's no loyalty from your coworkers, what do you mean exactly? Because people they collect a paycheck. They're loyal to the money. They're not loyal to you. Right? It's the customers that is loyal to you. Right? You provide a great service mm-hmm. so the customers will come. Or else they would have never been there. My mother had that beauty salon for over 20 years. I don't know too many salons that are open for over 20 years that still have a high influx of, 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 of customers. Like, you know, so the loyalty out from, for me, I want the loyalty for my customers. Mm-hmm. I just want the respect for my workers. Right. And do you think that part of it is also how you're treated because your mom treated those people well. Like I, I can say that because yeah. I've been on, I've been, you know, some people say, but that's your aunt or you mm-hmm. say that's your mom. Mm-hmm. But I've been there when your mother didn't even know I was coming and I seen how she treat her employees. Right. Um, so my, my thoughts it would be, cause you said have their respect. How do, how do you have their respect when you don't show up? Let's say if you're not there, how do you know they're going to do what you need them to do when you're not there? What what are you instilling your in the people that would work for you, that will that will make them loyal to the business when you're not around? Oh, that's that's easy. If you want the respect from your from from your employees, you got to make them feel like they are part of the business. Major companies when they bring people in and they want them to stay there, they say, you know what? Not only are we going to hire you and give you a great salary, we're going to make you ten percent owner of the business. So now you feel like you own a part of it. You understand that is that is great business, you know. So that that's what I would do. I would make them feel like you know what, you you gonna be a part of the promotional team, and I'm gonna pay you for that. That's awesome. And you know what? I also seen you do something that you didn't mention. I'll point it out to you. Maybe you didn't notice this, but even when I seen you doing events, whether it is a paid event or just an event at your house, mm-hmm. you roll your sleeves up and you work alongside with the workers. Correct. Which which why? Why? <laughs> a lot. Listen. A lot of people go in business. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people go in business with the mindset they don't want to do. No, work. they don't want to work anymore. Right. You seem to work. The more big or the more successful I see you in business, the more I see you working. Correct. Where? Why? When you have people working, it's important for them to see you working as well. When they wipe and sweat, and you look relaxed. You create problems. No, I'm sweating with you. You're tired. You're tired. I'm tired with you. But you know what? Let's get this done together. That is what I like to provide for my clients. I'm here with you. I I want you to have the best event by any means necessary, even if I have to get dirty. That's that's my goal. No, that's that's cool. And then so you get dirty, yeah. And then you party with then the clients. I party with the clients. <laughs> I, you know, hey, wait, 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 wait. Where does that come from? Because where I, does that get? Where you get that from? I can't help myself. Sometimes, sometimes when I hear music, <laughs> and I just see people having a great time, I just feel so happy. I don't have a jealous bone in my body, a jealous cell in my body. When I see someone happy, it, I feel happy for them. No matter what's going on in my life, I, I, I gravitate to that. I like to see my clients happy. It's a joy in that. Mm-hmm. I take pride in it. So if the end result is 
my client's happy, I'm happy with them. Yeah, and I like having a good time. No, I see, I see that. <laughs> so, what um, what are some of the things like if you could talk to your younger self? Mm-hmm. What advice would you get from your younger self? Like I know people, people often ask, what advice would you give? But what advice would you give? Maybe something that you were doing when you were younger that was working for you that maybe you've forgotten or you've stopped doing. What advice would you get from your younger self? Maybe like say at your 15-year-old self in business. Business advice from a 15-year-old. Well, I wasn't your average 15-year-old though. I know that already. Um. I would have invested more. I'm going to give you a story you don't know about. So, Uncle Noel had the the club as well as the driving school and insurance company over there on Atlantic Avenue. And um, Uncle Noel used to always give me money. Right? Uncle Noel used to always give me money. I used to go to Uncle Noel. I'm like, Uncle, I'm going to go buy some sneakers because Murray's Corner. Murray's Corner was a big sneaker store in Brooklyn. Murray's Corner used to sell sneakers. And that's when Jordan used to be $115, right? I used to go to Uncle Noel. He used to give me the money, no problem. 300 400 no problem. One day he goes to me. I'm like, Uncle, I want to go get some sneakers. Mind you, I already got probably like 300 from my mom. <laughs> so I'm walking around like 16 with like almost $700, $800. So I go to Uncle Noel. He's like, listen. Of all these sneakers you got, how many of them have you made money off of? This is before people started making money off of sneakers. He, if, if, if I would have followed what he was saying then, I would be a multimillionaire right now. He says, no, no, listen. No matter how much money you invest in clothes, you would never get a return from it. You are wasting your money. And at, at that time, I didn't really get it. But then I was, I was walking to the sneaker store. I was like, you know something? He's right. I've never got a return off of none of this stuff. Right? And the reason why I had that mindset at such a young age is because I was always taught return, asset, income. What are you getting from this? If you're putting out, what are you getting back? And it still comes. It follows me to this day. I, I I don't I don't buy expensive clothes. I don't buy expensive. I buy expensive things, but they're how I buy expensive door. <laughs> I buy some expensive paint. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you still do have like I think, and and this is something I think is important. I think that sometimes it get missed. You do have a priority of something that you will spend money on. Like for example, um, part of. Part of everything is is um, also presentation, right? Correct. So where we might not buy a whole bunch of the stuff, we understand that. And this is something that, I, that I've mentioned to people. Like there's a certain look that goes along. Like, people don't listen to, to uncool people. So you've never, like I've seen how your dad dressed and how your mother dressed. Correct. They commanded flashy. a certain amount of fashion. Yeah, very flashy. And I see that in you as well. I see the, right. the I, so you, but you under, you use it in a different way. You don't, you don't, uh, like you, you put a post on your on your um, on your Instagram uh, not too long ago, mm-hmm. and I liked the post. It was a video of a car. Guy talked about buying a oh, car. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about the thought behind that um, that video. Why'd you post that? And tell people what it was about and why'd you post it. The the post the post was about a gentleman that 
drove an old car and said he'd rather invest in in assets versus in buying an expensive car. He he was more concerned with what he owned that could provide asset versus how he looked. And the reason why that I put that post is again a, a, another life story lesson that I got from my dad. I had just graduated college. I was about 26 years old. 26. I'm making great money. Making great money. I had a Lexus Coupe, two motorcycles. I was just spending money crazy. Buying bottles in the like I I was living like I was a rapper. <laughs> you know? A rapper. And my father said, my father said, <laughs> My father has a weird way of, he doesn't like warm up his conversation with you. It just goes like, Noel, <laughs> you're living like a drug dealer. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? It's, it's eight o'clock. He said, listen, it's either one or two things that's going to make you realize what life is about. It's either you buy a house or you have a kid. 26, just graduated college. I'm making good money. I'm like, I'm not finna have no kid right now. And the only reason why I, I really sat down and, 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 and dwelled on what my father said, because I have a lot of respect for my father. So what he says means a lot. The world stops when he talks. So I'm sitting outside on my stoop at the time. And I say, I'm gonna prove him, I'm gonna prove him wrong. I look up and there's a house for sale across the street. <laughs> and I saved the number. I said, I'm gonna call them tomorrow. Call the people. It's, I don't want to get into the numbers. Right, right. Yeah, but I called the people and they said, Well, yeah, you know, we haven't got any offers on that house yet. So I said, Well, how much? Whatever. I, I send them a check for, for that money. Yo, before I knew it. Within three months, I was a homeowner <laughs> behind my father's conversation. And, uh, yeah. What did you learn from purchasing a house at a young age? Oh, the value of money. The value of money. How so? Because, right, I could, first of all, I was no longer able to buy these, these motorcycles and, and these expensive cars anymore. Because I grew up flashy. Like, I didn't, my parents just didn't dress flashy. Like, they, we lived flashy, you know? Like, my father, you know, I would wake up to banging. Like, Dad, what, what's that? Like, the house is falling out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm taking down this wall. Why? It didn't bother nobody, you know? And I grew up flashy. So, it, it just became natural that I had to have a dope house. You know, I wanted to match my father's fly in everything that he did. Not just my father, my mother too. Yeah. I wanted to pat, match my parents' fly. So I couldn't do that and have these expensive things no more. It just didn't seem right. So, yeah, that's 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 how that came about. Honestly, my, my father just had a five-minute conversation with me. It changed your whole world. And you know what's so world. funny? I remember... When you used to, I was thinking about the other day when you used to have the motorcycles right. and the cars and stuff, and mm -hmm. I didn't know what happened. It just I didn't, stopped. It just stopped, and I was like, mm -hmm. I wonder what happened in Noel. I thought you was going through something, and then, but it makes sense. It's around the time 
where you had the investment of the house. Correct. So it makes sense. So my question to you is this. When you think about, okay, so then you had the house and then at some point you were able, once you got the house situated and, and situation mm-hmm. um, pretty much under, you had tenants and stuff, mm-hmm. you could afford to buy flashy stuff. But then you went and you got another property. Correct. What made you get another property and then another property? <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, my, my dad, man, you know, I get hella emotional nowadays when I talk about my dad because when you have someone in the living being around you, you just don't realize how much they mean to you until you don't have access to them anymore. You understand? Yeah. <clears throat> so my parents wanted to move to um, to Florida. And I was like, you know, they had uh, sold the building in Brooklyn. And I was like, Dad, look, y'all want that house, <laughs> you know? And he's like, well, the house is yours. Just make sure you take care of your brothers. I said, say less. So then that's when I got that one. And I totally remodeled the entire house. It was a challenge for me to get this house done so that when my parents came back to see it, and I knew they was going to come back in like a year, that they seen a totally new house. So when my father and my mother walked in the house, they was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what where's, what you did to the house? I said, well, you don't like it? She was like, oh, my God, I love it. I didn't know you could do this. I said, yeah, there's a lot of things about me <laughs> you don't know, you know? So, yeah, so that's what I did with that house. Revamped it. And then um, the other house that I got, I got a phone. I, I was. I was. I'm always looking for houses. I'm always looking for business opportunities. So I came across this house. I was selling my block, and I called my neighbor, and I, she 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 was selling. And I said, "Well, listen, don't let nobody know you're selling that house there. I'm gonna buy it." So I, I called my dad again. I was like, "Dad, this is house for sale down the block. You know, I want to get it. You know, I need some some help. My pops was sick." He said, how much you need? Tom. I said, I'm going to send it right now. I said, whoa, 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 hold on. You can't send that type of money. Mm-hmm. You understand? They're going to tax me like a motherfucker behind that. Right. So, man, that was, you know, he sent he sent it. And, you know, it's crazy. On my father's, when he was dying, I told him, I said, Dad, they accepted my offer on the house like I'm getting a house. He was like, good, make sure you do everything that I taught you. Mm. So that's how I got that other house. Have you finished making that, that other house up? Have you finished? I know you were working on the summertime. Yeah, summer. no, I finished the first floor. The first floor is beautiful. I mean, the first floor is beautiful. I'm working on the second floor now. But I'm, I'm doing it chic. Chic, that's going to be called my zen house. <laughs> my zen house, because that, that, that house helped me deal with my father's death. You know what I'm saying? It's working on it. That was me and my father's past out. That's what we did for fun. So I get to enjoy my father in a weird way working on that house. Mm. You know, uh, growing up, I wasn't the best of kid. Sometimes I regret that. You said you weren't the best of kids, but what was the turning point that made you turn things around? I don't know. There was a lot expected of you. 
mm-hmm. as a person growing up. Like I used to feel the pressure from your mother just visiting. Right. <laughs> your mother used to be like, Glenn, so what what are you gonna be doing in the next five years? Man, said, my mother wanted us to be the Jacksons between me and my brother. Listen. So she used to line us up and be like, dance. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even like this song. <laughs> like Listen, your mother asked me my five-year plan. I said, Auntie, I'm only 10. <laughs> you know, she didn't play at all. So The whole family's like that. Yeah, my dad was like that too. But mm-hmm. so, let me, so the question I asked for you is, do you think that part of it could have been the, the pressure that you might have felt by to live in, in, up to your parents' expectations at that time um, in terms of why you were being bad? Like you figured, um, I can't. It had nothing to do with my parents. I didn't do it that at all. No. Hmm. Nothing to do with my parents. I had the best parents. The reason why I'm pushing you on this is because there's a young person listening. Your son one day will listen to this. My God, right? My son. So I want I want you to think, even if you don't know exactly the route you took, something inspired the change. All right. So yeah, I, what inspired I, 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 the change? And then tell me about the process. <laughs> In high school, man, I you know, now that you say that now I'm remembering, okay. In high school, I went to the college advisor in high school. They used to have, I don't know if they still do that, but it was a college advisor. So I went to the college advisor and I said, um, you know, I want to, um, she said, well, what do you want to go to school for? I said, I want to go to school to be a nurse. So she pulls my transcript and she's like, you want to be a nurse? I'm like, yeah. She's like, you're, I think I was like 15 or 16 at the time. She's like, you have credits as a, as a freshman. And I was like, I do? I wasn't going to class. I was going to gym. I was legit going to gym and lunch. That's it. You know, so she says, to this day, I remember this shit. She says, you can never be a nurse. What you should do right now is drop out of high school and go work for sanitation. Get your GED. Now, what I know now, I should have followed her advice because I didn't know sanitation make great money. But at that time, as a young kid, I took it as an insult because of my upbringing. So I said, all right, thank you. Thank you for your time. So that was the start of the transition for me. Because somebody telling you what you couldn't do. Somebody telling me, I, I never liked that. I never liked that. Somebody tell me I can't do something. That's, you might as well tell me, yo, go do it and do it the best you could do. <laughs> she didn't know my family. She didn't know my drive. She didn't know my ability. So I ended up going to night school, summer school, day school. I used to go to school from zero to two. That's when they just started, like zero, zero, what's it called? Zero class to 12th grade to 12th class. And then night school was Monday. I used to go to school, my school Monday. Yo, I went to every, almost every high school in New York City. I went to Park West. I went to Jamaica High School. I went to Hillcrest because I had to do the Monday ones. I had to make up all those classes that I failed. And then I graduated. You understand? Mm-hmm. Graduated high school. You know. And uh, that was the first test. And I, you know, that woman taught taught me something that my parents couldn't do. You understand? She, she taught me that I could do something unbelievable and I, I graduated with my diploma you know and I said how'd you feel after that I felt good I went back I went back you know I went back looking for her 
you know, she wasn't there no more. But I went back, you know, and I I, I couldn't find her. But then I went to the dean's office. Oh, I used to get suspended every week. Every week, I used to get do not return. Do not return was a thing where it was worse than a suspension. Like you, you could get suspended for three days and then come back. Like oh, that nothing not ever happened. Mm-hmm. But the do not return was like now nah, you can't come back unless your parent comes with you. I never heard that before. Man, do listen, man. <laughs> I put my parents through a lot, yo. Put my parents through a lot. My mother used to come up to him like, yes, yes. Yo, one of the wildest thing when I was in junior high school, <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to put me in special ed. That's so funny. We share a lot of stories. They tried to put me in special ed too. Wow. Tell, me your, tell me your special ed story. I'll tell yo, you mine. They tried to put me in special ed. And they, um, they they eventually put me. It wasn't. Even, it was. This was worse than special ed. They put me in like a. Um, this is how I learned stocks. They put me in a. Um, it was like a class in the basement. It was like an old shop class. It was a, all the bad kids in the school down there, and we didn't even have a legit teacher. The teacher was an ex. He was an ex um, stock um, trader, and he taught us stocks. Like he didn't teach us stocks right away. He taught us like the different hand signals and the noise and shit. Cause all we did was make noise. So he, now that I think about it, he was like, "Let me just make noise to these motherfuckers." <laughs> so he would make the noise, the hand slamming, the different hand signals. And he was like, "What the hell are you doing? What is that?" So that's how he got us intrigued into stocks. And um, my my mother had to come up to the school. My brother has to go to the school and we're talking to the guidance counselor, the principal, assistant principal, because it was a big thing. And um, she goes, verbatim, she goes, my son is not retired at him, just stupid. Yo, I looked at her like, oh, shit, they're going to feel like the problem comes from home. They said, you know, Noel's such a respectful young man, but he just doesn't listen. And they said, we're going to work with him. And that, that's how they were there. And it put me in that class. Man, I put my parents through some shit, boy. It's funny. Similar story. My They tried to put me in special ed. My mother wasn't hearing it. She was like, not my child. He's not going there. Yeah. And that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then, I, and then I, I had to really pull it through. My father forced me to be like, yo, I don't want to come up to there. And so, you know, I didn't want my father coming into school. You know, so that was that. <laughs> I pulled it together. Yo, man. My father came up to the school one time. Oh, man. God. My father came. Whenever they were called. Well, my mother used to get fed up because she was in the salon. So one time she called my pops to come up there. And they was like, oh, we couldn't get your mother, but we got your father. I was like, no, you did not. You can't get to my pops. My mother gave a number. Lord God. My father came up to the school. And this time, this is when the uh, neighborhood started to get crowded. So schools were crowded. Mm-hmm. So my uh, guidance counselor had an office that was like a broom closet, kind of like. It had no windows, one door. So I'm sitting in there waiting for my father to come from the city. I knew this was death. So I'm sitting in the room. The assistant principal was like, oh, your father's here. We're going to go get him. Yo, I'm scared because I'm like, there's no exit. Right. Yo, my parents taught me war tactics. <laughs> you must always have an exit in case you fail. Mm-hmm. So my father comes in. He's sitting across from the table. I'm sitting at him. He's looking at me. 
I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, man, he's not looking at me. He's looking through me. I'm in deep shit this time. Assistant principal's talking. She's like, okay, you know, I'm going to go step out. I'll be right back. I'm looking at her like, you better not leave here, miss. She leaves. My father jumps up on the table, pulls a belt out. <laughs> I mean, like some Jackie Chan type of thing. <laughs> I duck under the table. Right? He chased me under the table. Boom, the chairs is moving. Table moving. Everything's moving. Assistant principal comes in. Security comes in. What are you doing? What are you doing? Now I'm going to bust in my ass. I'm tired of this. Yo! I said, I said, get him out of here. <laughs> get him out of here. So she was like, you can't be, yo, if, yo, if my parents, if I was, yo, my parents would go to jail for the things they did to me in school, yo. Yeah. Man, yo, it was crazy. It's a different time. It was, it was a different time. If you were going to give your kids some advice right now, because, you know, sometimes children, like podcasts and new radio, they may not listen to you personally, mm. and you may not get you to tell them that they, or they'll listen, right? Yeah. But what advice would you give to your, to your, um, your son, Don, if you say he's two and your daughter's six? Give, an, give them a message to, their, to, the, to them at, at 18, 19. What would you want them to know? It's a deep question. Adonis, <laughs> you're a very strong man. You're very daring. You lack fear. Use that drive to be successful for you and your family. You come from warriors. You're a king of everything that you desire. Just be amazing and glow every which way along the way. Aubrey, you're, you're a beautiful young woman. You're a queen. You've always been a queen. You carry yourself like that. Live like that. Don't accept anything from anyone. You give what you want to give. I provided a lifestyle for the both of my kids, for both of you guys. Make, you, make sure you provide it for yours and keep that legacy going. And that would be it. The rest, they have, to, they, have to, they have to live life. I've watched you grow from like, you know, from being a young man and I've seen your son and I see the sacrifices that you've made. Mm. And um, I encourage you to continue. You know, we, we've had conversations. I didn't know that we had so many th things in common. We spoke yeah. on the phone and... Um, I'll just encourage you, whatever information that you had, you made the best decisions at the time with the information you knew. Now you have new information. Mm -hmm. So you had a crossroads between the new information yeah, and what's right. right. Exactly. You're exactly right. And you can't move in the space of the way you used to. Can't you can't stay stagnant. You, you can move in that way, but it's not going to do you any good because, right. you know, you can't you can't call ignorance anymore. You can't, you can't pretend to be ignorant with a, with a real ignorant person because they really don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When we, could, we, can, we can tap into, like I always say, like there was a, a, a conversation I had with a friend the other day mm -hmm. and I said, yo, I keep in contact with my ignorant side. We're not friends. We don't walk down the park and hold hands, but I know him. We could talk every once in a while. I've learned stuff. And um, uh, lessons from him, and I take advice from him uh, very sparingly. But we no longer are best friends, so we can't pretend that that's who we are anymore. Because we Correct. we more, and you and we have more to lose. So <laughs> that's my thoughts on it. A lot of times, people get lost in the, in the hurt. People get lost in the pain, and that's why they can never.
pull through a certain situation. I myself sometimes get stuck in the hurt and the pain and, and those things because I'm human. But I'll always be victorious because I know my mind is strong. And my words are powerful. Weekly, I say to myself, and I say to people that I speak to, with great knowledge comes great responsibility. When you say that to yourself weekly, you would understand more about life, different interactions you have with people, arguments you may have with someone, like, yo, you argue going back and forth with someone, but they're not getting you. Yeah, because you have great knowledge. You have the responsibility of stopping it. You know, um, when we go through certain things and um, we want people to understand it on our timetable, mm. right? So it's something that I, and, and that's something I'll leave with is there's different cooking times. The same amount of time or the same hot water that makes an egg hard makes a potato soft. The same cooking process, right? Mm -hmm. But we all made a different stuff. So we all we all different. We all cook different. We all cook at different at different That's dope. temperatures. I'm gonna right? steal that one. I don't know where I got it from, but oh, I got it, it from sound good. <laughs> so understanding that you know um, the things that we that we want out of life and 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 when we want them for other people, it's not for us. We don't even know the ingredients. You know, um, I would like to finish up with. Anyone that has a child that they're struggling with or a loved one that they're struggling with, a niece, a nephew, don't give up on that kid. That saying it takes a village to raise a child, it took a village to get me to where I'm at. Everyone is amazing and dope in their own right. Some people need a little more pushing and talking to, just don't give up. Because if my family would have gave up on me, I would not be where I'm at right now. My success is because of my village. My success days because of my village and my circle. So just don't, don't, don't give up on that kid. They're special, and that 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 energy that they have, they just have to learn a way to apply it in a way that could be beneficial to them. Yeah. And I, I want to thank you for um, what well, beautiful way to end the, the podcast. And I want to thank you for taking mm -hmm. the time out yeah. and also for, for sharing it. Because a lot of times what happens is one of the things I've seen with our uncles growing up is they didn't, I hear the stories through second, you know, <laughs> other people, other people. So I, I like the fact that I was able to sit down with you and hear your story, your words. I know that I got a lot more stories. I can't wait. We're gonna. This ain't going to be the only time. <laughs> part two. <laughs> gonna be a part two. Let's, let's hear what the people want me to talk about. And then I'll come back and do it again. Now we gonna figure it out. We ain't gonna let them decide, man. I'm gonna I'm I'm find out what you got. <laughs> well, listen, when we do it, when we do, we gonna do the live on um, um, Clubhouse. Okay, we'll have you in there. Okay, we could do it remotely, so you could be it from your phone. Okay, and basically, I got a room, and people will ask you. They're gonna listen to your episode, mm -hmm. and then they're gonna ask you questions. Um, so one one last question for you is, um, I know you said that what inspired you to do the event planning and everything, mm -hmm. you know, your friend mentioned it to you. Mm -hmm. Give us a little bit more insight. How did you make that business work? Okay, so I've always had parties at my house, never charged. It was always free, free liquor, free food, free everything. And 
this is right around the time that I lost my yeah yeah my son was being born my son was being born I was at the hospital one of my good friends called me Nikita I love you you my, my good friend Nikita called me and she's like no I want to have my baby shower at your house how much you gonna charge and I'm there like I never charged nobody before I don't know. So I said, 15. She said, all right, cool. I'm um, write up an invoice. I'm saying the money. I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That was too easy. Wait, 1500 for for just giving the space? Yeah. Okay. I was like, well, that's too easy. So she's like, yeah, the event plan is going to come by and da, 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 da. Just like that. Event planner, super dope, lovely woman to work with, Pep. What's her name? What's the name of her company? Oh, oh shout man, out. man, yo, shout out to Pep Entertainment. Shout out to Miss Nikita Gibson. Shout out to the both of them, man. Y'all ladies don't know what y'all did for me. So Pep does. Um, shout out to Joy Spa. Yo, Nikita, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong. She also has a spa in Brooklyn as well. Dope, dope ladies. Pep comes through. She has this. She has this idea, and she she makes the house look like something I've never seen before. I mean, total, total do over. And from that, I just gained so much clients. What'd she do to that? Man, this girl has chandeliers. I'm talking about this is outside in a yard. Chandeliers, full truck built in the yard, draped the entire house, carpet. You have to go to Pep Entertainment, Pep, (laughs) Pep, ENT. Um, Instagram Go to her website And go look at it For yourself The pink baby shower That Took me through the roof That's beautiful I'm gonna, Actually I'm gonna share Some of her stuff On our feed When we, we, we promote your event Yeah I'm gonna make a slideshow Of her some of her work <sighs> And then also Send me some video And photos of work She did for the 100%, party 100% I will Yeah so that's beautiful So this lady um, Pep Entertainment Shout out to Pep Entertainment mm-hmm. She did the, She was the event planner Correct Correct Okay so she dolls up the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you do your friend's event. Mm-hmm. And then how did it take off from there? What happened after that? So People just started asking me, hey, how much you rent your house for? How, how much you rent your house for? How, can I rent it? Can I rent it? And I was like, yo, this is, this is something crazy. I should have <laughs> been doing this. Then the pandemic happened and you couldn't have parties inside. I said, yo, this is what? I said, hold on. I rent, I rent my other house too. Because... I never had a hobby. Okay. My hobby was, <laughs> I don't want to say it. And one of my homeboys, one of my homeboys was like, yo, you need a hobby. And I told him that was my hobby. He was like, yo, that's not a hobby. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. He, he, so he said, yo, I can make my yard look better than yours by next summer. And I was like, I bet you you're not going to win that. Man, I did my whole house over. I did the whole yard over. So my hobby I get paid for my hobby now. I like gardening. I like building structures in my yard. So my yards are just was naturally pretty and beautiful. I just I just never made no money off of it. Hmm. So now finally reaping some benefits off of it. It is a it's, listen, I went to your so I gotta I gotta I gotta mention this. Uh-huh. My cousin is, is even downplaying. I'm gonna post some of the videos that I took <laughs> when I was at your house for your brother for Chris's baby shower. Right. For um um um, what's his what's his son's name again? Zion. Zion. Shout out to Zion and my cousin Chris and Sharisa, mm-hmm. um, beautiful people. 
I want to say that when I went to their baby shower, I was not I was not ready, bro. I was not ready. Um, they did that. That was them. But I mean, the the, the atmosphere. Still, Wait, hold on. Can I just say this real quick? Yes. Oh, uh, last year's price is not today's <laughs> price. Exactly. I'm gonna let y'all know that right now. No, it was beautiful. Yeah. So so no, they, it, it was definitely on point. Correct. Like the bar. Everybody. Shout out to whoever whoever did who did their event. Like who was the um. I want to shout that people out too Man you know um, A lot of it was Sharissa and Teresa And Chris And I can't remember But you know Shout out to all the vendors Listen Shout out to all the vendors That I work with Not only Pep There's all of them I can't remember Everybody's name We right gonna now. put them on We gonna Listen we gonna yeah. put them We gonna occasions put them in there Occasions by Yummy Karen's Occasions All of them um, Apples Gamora uh, Kaivon Cakes Cake Gal Kaiv Shout out to all I can't remember all you guys Name right now MTH event Event so Yo, many send me a list, bro. Send man, me a list. So we're many, shout them out. So many, man. So many dope people I work with. So much dope people I work with that are entrepreneurs. And yet, listen, man. Behind the pan, the pandemic, whatever they want to call it. I like that. We're gonna call it the pandemic. I like that. That pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> if you was a strong-minded person, you came up with something. You came up with something. Yeah. Yo, somebody could go around to bars and collect bottle caps. And put and draw arts in bottle caps and sell it. No, you ain't. Yo, that's, I just gave away free game. That's free game. Wait, but but wait before we get we get off track. You were telling me about the event, so yeah. so so it took off. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you opened up a second. You did the second of um place for events. Right. Yeah. You talking that's about beautiful. At, at the other house. The other house. Yeah. The other house. The other house was my first joy though. Wow, that's beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this is beautiful. So you just you just gave us the breakdown. So. So I think I think what I take from what you just said is you you were passionate about what you do. Correct. You put that love into the house. You got you, you you got an idea or someone put the idea and you ran with it. Right. That's that's a beautiful story, man. You remember what I said early in the interview about find your passion. Find your passion. Yeah. And a and, purpose, but basically a, too. And, and your friends mm-hmm. will be your first custom, your first clients. I got I got to throw I got to throw a slight curve to that. Go ahead. Not in every situation. Uh-huh. I always say this, and this is one thing that um, my friend Pam. I'm gonna shout out my girl Pam. Okay. Um, she she does um, love made teas. I want to shout her. She just did my mug for my clubhouse room, okay. small room rate value. She says two things could be same, could be the same at the same time. Something could be right and wrong at the same time. Yeah, it's true. So shout out Pam. That's true, right? So one thing that that I'll tell you about friends is I just don't build friends and family into my business model. That's the safest way for me. So this way, if you want to support me, you do. But if you don't, there's no pressure. Because I find that my my friend my friends and family they come after everybody else. They come in. Who cares? No, but I'm not, some people base their business off you. I got a lot of friends and family, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of tears. Yeah, but that's because the product ain't right. No, I tell you what the problem is. They base their product on family and friends. Oh no, you can't base it off. Of that's that. what I'm trying yeah, to say. Like you, you know, listen. Let me tell you something. Your family and friends. Let's say you open up a lounge, right? Okay. Your family and friends. They come out the first night. Let's say they they make time. They come out. Mm-hmm. You, second week. They not coming out at week after week. That's people that don't know you. That that go to that pop because it's popping. Oh, they ain't so, going there. So listen, listen. You, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're right. Right. You're right. You're definitely right because the moment you start charging, family and friends oh, start. Yeah. start oh, you yeah. see, right? No, you're right. So what you gotta <laughs> do is you gotta do is it's just not about family and friends. You gotta have a great. You gotta have a great promotional team as well. Mm-hmm. You gotta promote. Yes. 
Either you do it yourself or you pay somebody. There's a person for that. My time, nobody can't get, only my kids and my lady could get my time for free. Right. So look, imagine this. I love the party. I want to do a party there. You tell me it's excellent. Oh, no, no. I don't like it that much. This guy's down the corner is doing it. You don't really love it. Oh, no. I, I never argue that. Yeah, I don't entertain those okay. conversations. So, yeah. yeah no, we, we, see, that that, that family. Right there. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, no, you're not going to, that's a, that's a waste of my time. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a waste of my time. I don't, I don't, I don't entertain okay. that. That right there, I find that to be disrespectful, right? Because I'm not gonna waste nobody's time. Like, you know what? I, I tell you something. I don't know if it's disrespectful. I think it is that people do what what people do what we we accept them to do. Not true. People just don't have knowledge. You said that it's disrespectful you to even mention that. But think about this. If you went in the Louis Vuitton store, right, and uh -huh. you were going to buy a bag. You'll never see me in Louis Vuitton me store. Me neither. But okay. if you was to go there, I'm just hypothetically, uh -huh. and not you, them, they okay. go there, right? Uh -huh. And they and the bag is $1,000. Uh -huh. And they come with nine ninety nine dollars uh -huh. You're not getting it. They're not getting it. The Louis Vuitton guy, he ain't offended. You know what he says? Uh, I'll, I'll put this on the side for when you come back. What time will you be coming back? It's going back on the shelf. It ain't personal. So my point is, Business, like you said it earlier, is business. It, most of it's not personal. We sometimes, we hear somebody offering a, a, a cheap price and we think it means because they think it's not worth it, but they, they're they negotiating from what they could afford or what they think you should be charging them. But it's not, it, for me, I don't have no- Any one of my friends that have a business it. and I like their product, I don't haggle with them. The, they're negotiating with you from the level they're at. Correct. You're negotiating at a high level. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you too. We learn a lot from each other. Listen, in this, in this, in this thing called life, we're never gonna figure it all out. We just gotta make it work for us as we're going through it. Yes, sir. You know, it it is life lessons every day. Like even coming here was mm -hmm. was a lesson for me. Like everything can't be about money. Everything can't be about business. Now my my goal is. My goal is now to focus more on family. Because you could be the richest man in the world and have no family. This is true. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a whack life. Nah, cuz, this is great, man. I ain't gonna hold you. I know you got stuff to do. I know your yeah. phone's going off crazy. I still wanna talk. I'm not done talking, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna sit here with this mic. While he while, while he walks away, I'm gonna sit here and talk to this mic. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. Nah, Listen. Yo, cuz, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah. This is One great, love. man. It's great. Thank you for coming out, 95 Killers. 95 Killers. Give a, give, a plug, give a plug to where they can find your um your events if you wanna rent, you know. Ooh. You do that? I gotta fix that up. Gonna fix it up? Yeah. Okay, he gonna fix it up. Guys. I'm gonna fix that up. I'm gonna fix that up. Man, well, by the time we be Casa de Noel, you know what you know the vibes. So go to Casa de Noel. That's a, yeah. that's the Instagram. Yeah. But we're gonna get something official for my cousin so we could we can make this thing work. Yeah. Cause it's been a pleasure, man. Love it. Thank you. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Nine Five Killers podcast. You can now visit us at our website at 95killers.com. We truly appreciate your continued support. Take care of yourselves and keep killing those comfort zones. Until next time, peace.